You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears need some help to still make the playoffs, and they didn't get any of it over the weekend. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we're taking a look at what still needs to happen for the Chicago Bears to make the playoffs. Of course, they still need to win out, but a couple of teams in particular still stand in their way and still need to lose some games for the Bears to be able to sneak into the postseason. We'll look at the paths ahead for the Minnesota Vikings and Los Angeles Rams and catch up on how they got to where they are now. I also want to encourage you to submit your questions all week long for our weekly mailbag podcast. We're going to get back to doing them every Friday as the season rolls on here, and I want you to ask your questions for the podcast. Give us a call and leave a voicemail. The phone number is 312-620-8590. You can call that number. You can text a question into that phone number. You can email lockedonbears at gmail.com. You can tweet at lockedonbears. So there's no excuse not to get your questions in if you've got something you want answered. And the big question is right now, how can the Chicago Bears make the playoffs? The Bears are back over 500 for the first time really since their bye week. And it's a weirdly positive feeling right now that I think has been missing for much of this season in Chicago. I think there is a real hope and a real optimism, even as the analytic percentage chance of the playoffs hovers like three to five percent depending on where you look that's I mean objectively a small percentage and yet I think there's a pretty real tangible optimism and hope about this team that maybe even not not even that they're going to make the playoffs but just that they're in the right direction that I think for a lot of this season we were questioning everything about this team, right? We were questioning the general manager, the head coach, the quarterback, the offensive linemen, and the receivers, and even quite a bit of the defense, just wondering what had happened to this team and if this team was full of mistakes and needed to, what, be blown up almost completely. But instead, over the last few weeks, you know, three wins in a row, it feels like the Bears are doing, I don't want to say everything right, but doing a lot of things right in terms of controlling their own destiny and and controlling the things that they can control in each game and seemingly getting things back on that right track. Of course, Mitch Trubisky playing better at just the right time, exactly when they needed to, with their backs against the walls, about as close to elimination as they've been able to get all season, he's been playing better. We're seeing a higher level of confidence. I think the mobility coming back out against Dallas has something to do with that, but even more conviction in his throws and being able to just be a more effective quarterback than we've seen for much of the season. But the guys around him obviously doing better as of late as well. We've seen the running game do a little bit more. David Montgomery hit breaking that four yards per carry mark and being uh, more of a threat and more of a part of the offense, right? They're not dominating in the ground game, but the running backs and actually handing the ball off is doing enough. It brings some 
balance back to this offense. But really, it sort of extends to all the playmakers making plays. Right? It's no longer just the Allen Robinson show. Trubisky throws to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has a big game, but no one else does much, and the Bears' offense struggles to score points. Like Anthony Miller is back to kind of where we expected him to be this season. He's starting to sort of take those steps forward that we've kind of been looking for for quite a while. And the tight end production somehow coming together against Dallas and boding well for future production there. Jesper Horstead and and J.P. Holtz making some plays and doing more than I think we expected after Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen went on injured reserve and Ben Broniker is missing games with the concussion. And we're even getting some flash plays from Cordero Patterson. So, I mean, it's really starting to come together around Mitchell Trubisky. Even, you know, the, the offensive line with some injuries there on the right side, all things considered, still doing okay. You can, you can get better performances from them, certainly still, but it, it just kind of felt like for a lot of this season, the Bears weren't playing up to their talent, especially offensively. It felt like this team should be better based on what we've seen from a lot of these players in years past, and it's feeling more and more like they are now playing up to where they were supposed to be. So now they're left to just need to win out. Of course, they have to win every single game from here on out in order to have any shot at making the playoffs. You lose any of these games, and then your best bet is 9-7. and seven. And I think technically, mathematically, they wouldn't be fully eliminated, but it would be as close to a 0% chance as you can possibly get if the Bears pick up their seventh loss. So they have to win out. They have to do a lot on their own. But they're also going to need some help from everybody else. And like we saw this weekend... They're not getting as much help as they need. There's two teams in particular standing in their way right now of a playoff spot. It's the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams. And if you watch football on Sunday, you saw that both of those teams won. And one of those wins was, I think, a little more surprising than the other. Maybe one we could have expected. But it means that the Bears are going to need a little bit more help from I guess other teams, you don't need the help from the Vikings and the Rams per se, but the Bears need help from all the teams playing against the Vikings and the Rams. So that means next week, Bears fans are going to be cheering on the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers and going to be rooting for a lot of different teams, I think, over the next three weeks on top of needing the Bears to get their own victories. And you know there's nothing wrong with needing a little help to get back to the level you used to be able to perform at. That's why they invented Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Now that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra confidence to boost their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Right now, you know we've got a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. You just pay a few dollars for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 
the way the playoffs stand now after week 14, your first wild card spot, the fifth seed, still belongs to the Seattle Seahawks, who lost to the Los Angeles Rams of all teams on Sunday night and still sit at 10 and 3 in a pretty healthy position to make the playoffs. And then your sixth seed right now is the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming off of a fairly easy win over the Detroit Lions. And it's those Vikings that first stand in the Bears' way for that second wild card spot. The Bears are getting that much closer, still two games behind, still going to need some help there. But it was sort of expected that the Vikings were going to beat the Lions. The Lions, as we've seen twice this year, are not the most formidable opponent. And when I look at the Vikings, I still see a little bit of the Kirk Cousins roller coaster still rolling. He's been playing well, I think, the last few weeks, but we've seen some of those dips here and there where it just sort of goes off track a little bit. And for whatever reason, some teams he's, he's able to really hold it together. And I think he's a guy that really does a lot of damage from a clean pocket. When you give him time to throw and a clean pat platform to throw from, he's going to find his open receivers, he's going to deliver accurate passes downfield, and he's going to do some real damage. But when you really can get him a little bit uncomfortable, he's as rattled as any quarterback in the NFL as far as the starters go, and you can get in his head a little bit and, and force him into some more mistakes. Because, like, you saw if you watched the Vikings-Lions game, the Lions kept Dalvin Cook mostly contained. I mean, he has one of the NFL's top running backs, being able to keep him at any sort of a reasonable clip I think you can call a victory, and the Lions were able to do that, but it was Kirk Cousins who had time to throw in a clean pocket and was able to do a lot of damage up and down the field. And so the Vikings still feel kind of like one of these teams that it's it's just a little bit hard to tell just how good they are, right? It's not that they're at all in any way a bad team, but are they really good or are they sort of this this fringe good, you know, we know they're not like top Super Bowl contender, you know, 49ers Saints level good, but are they that second tier, you know, are they Green Bay Packers good? Are they Seattle Seahawks good? They just lost the Seahawks two weeks ago on uh, Monday Night Football, 37 to 30, and in what was a, a pretty good back and forth game, but the Seahawks also lost to the Rams, and we're not even 100% sure where the Seahawks kind of fall on this. And it's all in this kind of gray area of are they that good or are they not? And it's it's a question of like week to week, how much are they getting from all of their key guys? What kind of Kirk Cousins are they getting? What kind of Dalvin Cook are they getting? And what kind of defense are they getting? And it's been a little bit hard to predict at times this season what exactly that's going to turn out to be. But they still sit at 9-4. and four. The loss to the Lions gives them that extra breathing room a little bit, and the Bears need them to lose two games in order to get to 10-6, and because if the Bears win out, they are 10-6, and six, and that's where the Bears need to be if they're going to make a wild-card game. And so, for the, for the Vikings, their next three games are Chargers, Packers, and then, of course, the Bears. And for the Bears to reach 10-6, and six, of course, that would mean they would beat the Vikings in Week 17, so that would be one of the losses that the Vikings need to have in order for the Bears to pass them. So that means the Vikings would then need to lose to either the Los Angeles Chargers this coming week or the Green Bay Packers the week after that. Now we saw on Sunday 
The Chargers blew out the Jacksonville Jaguars in somewhat impressive fashion, while the Chargers were also coming off of three losses in a row where they've looked pedestrian at best, and there was talk about maybe benching Phillip Rivers, and so then maybe the win over the Jaguars is says more about the Jaguars than the Chargers. It's a little bit hard to tell where they sort of fit in the mix, but it doesn't seem like a team that is going to threaten the Vikings too much. You know, the Vikings are going to be favored in that one, and it's the one of the three that I think we would most expect the Vikings to win because then it's Green Bay, who is still first in the NFC North, maybe struggled a little bit more at first with Washington than we would have thought on Sunday. The, the Packers, you know, they're not invincible. And they we're also not 100% sure whether they're the, like in this true Super Bowl contender group or whether they're another step below. But you know we're going to find out on Sunday when the Bears play the Packers because the Bears need to be able to beat the Packers in order to finish the season 10-6. and six. That's sort of their first hump before we even get to what the Vikings and Rams have to do. So that'll be our real good barometer for where the Green Bay Packers stand. But it, it seems like it's generally within reach for the Bears to tie the Vikings at 10-6, and six. for the Vikings to beat the Chargers and then lose to the Packers and Bears is not ridiculous. It's not out of the question. I don't know if it's the most likely thing, but it's certainly within reach. And if the Vikings finish 10-6 and six and the Bears finish 10-6, and six, then of course the Bears will have swept the Minnesota Vikings and then would therefore have the tiebreaker for the playoff seating and be ahead of the Vikings in that spot. The problem is there's the two wildcard spots and then you have the Rams and the Seahawks and the Vikings and the Bears all in that mix. The Bears aren't going to really catch up to the Seahawks at this point. The Seahawks would have to lose out and I don't know that that's realistic at this point for a team of that caliber. And so then it comes down to fighting for that last wildcard spot, which is where the Los Angeles Rams come in and and that's going to be I think the bigger hurdle and the Rams really didn't do the Bears any favors on Sunday night. Or maybe the better thought is the Seahawks didn't do the Bears any favors on Sunday night with their performance against the Los Angeles Rams. We'll look at what's still in store for Los Angeles this season and what kind of odds that leaves the Bears to still make the playoffs next on Locked On Bears. We talked about it last week, that Bears lost to the Rams a few weeks ago, week 11, might ultimately be what ends up keeping the Bears out of the playoffs for that all-important tiebreaker because the Bears could have really used a Seahawks win Sunday night, and the Rams were able to somewhat beat up on them in some impressive fashion, particularly early on. You know, the Seahawks ended up climbing back a little bit and keeping things close, but for the Rams to beat up on a team like the Seahawks that were technically in first place, in that NFC West because they beat the 49ers who are such an impressive team this season. It's kind of a weird parody there where the 49ers beat the Saints in one of the best games of the season and the Seahawks had actually just recently beaten those 49ers but then the Rams beat the Seahawks that beat the 49ers that beat the Saints and all of a sudden we don't know who exactly are the <laughs> the really really good teams and who's better than who on any given Sunday. I mean the Seahawks had won five in a row entering Sunday night and the Rams didn't I don't want to say they didn't have too much trouble it was it was a hard-fought game but man you know Aaron Donald still really wrecking that game right up the middle of the offensive line doing a lot of damage like we had seen in week 11 it's just so hard to control him for four quarters but it, you know it even felt like 
the Seahawks offense, it wasn't like they were terrible. You know, Russell Wilson made some really nice throws, but they, they couldn't finish drives. They they had a, a, was it a blocked extra point or just a missed extra point that really wasn't that uh, good looking from the Seahawks kicker, and, and that certainly hurt them as well. But they were able to get the running game going. They were able to make some throws. They were able to move the ball between the 20s, but they settled for field goals and, and just didn't have drives finished the way that they needed to. But then I think the bigger issue was on the other end with the Rams offense really tearing up this Seahawks defense right over the middle. It was the tight end, Tyler Higby, and it was the wide receiver, Robert Woods. They kept throwing at the linebackers. Bobby Wagner was running all over the field. They were running him ragged. They went after K.J. Wright quite a bit, and I think it really speaks to the Rams as a contender. And some of the things that we had seen with the Bears against them in Week 11, like the Rams, they just find ways to be successful, and it's not always the same way, and it's not always the same guys, but they always sort of find different ways to be able to execute at a high level. Like Jared Goff, you know, we've seen him really struggle at times this season, and I think we kind of know he's not an elite top-line quarterback. He, he, he's been throwing well as of late, but he's not, he's not slicing and dicing the defense, right? He's not delivering these bombs downfield with pinpoint accuracy. He's just sort of finding guys, and unlike against the Seahawks, finding guys over the middle and letting them do some work. And, you know, same thing with their running game. Todd Gurley, he's not the Todd Gurley that he once was. He's not running all over opponents. I think teams have actually done a pretty good job of limiting the Rams running game to, to, to varying degrees. But it's just, it's an offense that's so well-schemed that Sean McVay, is able to just develop this consistency in being able to find different ways to attack each opponent in their own unique ways to sort of fit that game plan. Like all of a sudden their tight end Tyler Higby is just all of a sudden a, a major part of their offense after being really lightly used for much of the season. You know, it was the Gerald Everett show for quite a while, but Tyler Higby has been over a hundred yards the last two games and hadn't had a single game over 50 all season. Like, all of a sudden, Sean McVay can kind of pull that out and gets Robert Woods going while Cooper Cup has kind of fallen off the map a little bit. And they just, you know, they're not they are not throwing for 400 yards a game. They're not rushing for 200 yards a game, but they just, they do enough in between. And it really speaks to their consistency and what has made them playoff contenders in the past and why they've been able to be as successful as they have been. Because they're not, there's not any one way they win, and so you can't just take away one thing or focus on one thing because they're able to find different things and different ways to win. So, you know, they're not quite the Super Bowl team, but they're still darn good, and they can still find a lot of different ways, and they still seem to be able to pull everything together here just at the right time, and it makes it hard for them to be a team that's going to miss the playoffs because they're really sort of clicking in just the right ways. Like, they would need to regress a little bit more and then on top of that they have this tiebreaker over the Bears so they can't just finish 10 and 6 they actually have to be 9 and 7 because if they end the Bears are 10 and 6 the Rams are getting in with that head-to-head victory so that means they have to lose two out of their next three and looking at their schedule they are at the Cowboys this coming week then at 49ers and home versus the Cardinals and I think the 49ers game there is probably the closest thing to a you know a sure thing loss. It seemed, we can kind of chalk that one up and say the 49ers will probably be favored in that game. But Cowboys and Cardinals, the Bears need the Rams to lose one of those. And the Bears, we just saw them beat the Cowboys. And the Cowboys seem to kind of be falling apart. 
and haven't really been able to shake the looming coaching change that seems to be coming and everything else that's been going wrong in Dallas. And then the Cardinals are three and nine and one and just lost to the Steelers and haven't been a particularly good team <laughs> this season for, for lack of a better description. And so if the Bears are going to make the playoffs, the Rams need to lose to either the Cowboys or the Cardinals. And right now, neither the Cardinals or the Cowboys look like a team that's good enough to beat a Los Angeles Rams team coming off of a big win over the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe something will happen in between there. You never know if the Cowboys can flip a switch or something goes wrong with the Rams or XYZ, the Cardinals pull off a Week 17 upset. I mean, you never know. But there is a lot stacked up against the Chicago Bears' playoff odds at this point. And all they can do is just keep winning and keep playing as best they can and and keep giving us on the outside some hope for their future. Obviously, that that's a tough task with the Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings in the final three to finish it out. But you know we'll be right here every day on Locked On Bears to break down whatever happens in each of these final three games. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll have our crossover Packers podcast preview later in the week. Say that five times fast. Too many P's there. And we'll get you ready with everything you'll need for Sunday's matchup. It's going to be the game of the season at this point for the Chicago Bears. A rematch long in the making from week one that I think a lot of people in Chicago are ready to be able to have another go at it with what I think is quite a bit of a different Chicago Bears team what 14 weeks later so it's going to be a team effort it's going to require the fans to travel to Lambeau Field to be loud and more important than anything to bear down